Hey guys, I'm here. Just give me a second if you could please. Just gotta adjust the mic, drink some of this monster. Just got home from work and uh, got to listen to my show in its uh, final form before it got released, episode two, and whoo, quite a bit to take in, you know? Mm, that monster slaps. I don't know why I'm drinking a monster at quarter the four in the morning, or 3.45 a.m., but you know what? Figured if I'm gonna do this, I better be awake, you know? And uh, taking a look over at my uh, second arcade report to f- cover Atari, it was weird because I thought that it was going to be like a uh, four-part series, which would have been, you know, humongous. And technically it could have been. I guess I could have uh, made it instead of like a 30-60 a 60 minute show, it could have made it into a 30-minute show, which would have uh, quartered it because there's still part two, which is probably going to be an hour, if not longer. And... uh same time, uh, it did a lot better than what I was expecting. I legit thought it was going to be like an hour 20, hour 30, and it's like, no one wants to listen to an hour and a half. <laughs> I don't think. I personally wouldn't, and I, I'm i like the one that would uh, really appreciate that. But like 45 minutes is the sweet spot, so when I hit past an hour, I was like, ooh, cringe. Uh, do I cut out fun facts? Do I remove interviews? And I was like, nah, no, it's my first time doing something like this. Just just let it run long in the tooth for a little bit, you know? I was uh, playing with uh, something called Uber Duck, which is a uh, website. And if you haven't heard of it, check it out. Where you can do text-to-speech with uh, AI-driven celebrity voices. And I legit was like, hmm. You know, it would be cool to have Samuel Jackson just do my show. <laughs> and I uh, messed with it a little bit. And I was like, oh. You know, he could be the one that gives me the shout-out for uh, the arcade report being a part of Final Plank. Uh, so I did, I think. I'm not sure. I guess uh, you would have heard it. I uh, I have to give it a go just to test it out, just to see if it really is uh, going to be a thing or not. Because I did it on my phone when I was at work. Because I'm the passenger in a uh, truck tonight, or last night, uh, I was able to play on my phone, put on some headphones, and start typing and stuff, and listening to Samuel Jackson just you know, talk smack all the time. And, uh, you know, it's been a real rough past few weeks trying to do this show because I finally got unsick, you know, <laughs> which is a lot better. You probably can guess, you know, I sound a lot better. I'm not hacking my brains out, but I can still vape because, you know, this is off the script. I do what I want. Example one, number one. Yeah, that was a good vape. I'm not sure if you heard it, but... <laughs> Uh, I was really nervous because even though I was finally not being sick, uh, my son has been waking up at the wee early hours of the morning, even around a time like this. And so every time I'd come home all young dancing, like, Tyler's gonna record, gonna get some recording history in. And then I'd come home, my wife's in the, uh, the chair in the living room with my son in his arms, wide awake, and I'll be like, oh, uh-oh. You know, she had two hours of sleep, and I'm like, okay, tonight's not recording night. That's tomorrow. And so it kept happening night after night, and I'm not blaming my wife or my son. I mean, maybe my son, just a teeny bit, but it it just really sucked because I really wanted to get into it. And I did get my chance, though. I got to record it on July 4th, which is a bit weird, you know, celebrating the, uh, you know, the founding of our fathers and all that crap. And uh, I celebrated by talking about the corruption of capitalism under the, uh, you know, the tales of uh, Nolan Bushnell and Ray Kasser. But I think I still had a good blast recording it. I 
I was worried that the length of it, because it was going to be much longer than the Game Boy Color, was it was just going to be a drag, just like very hard to do. I did end up having to do it in two separate parts, and uh, it was technically four chunks. I, I, I basically, like every 15, 20 minutes of raw footage, I take a break, I breathe a little bit, and then I go create a new part. That way I can do it in chunks when it comes to editing. I did three parts in a row each one about 15, 20 minutes. And then the fourth part was, I believe, 40 minutes. Like, I I, I lost my chance to record a few times. So when I finally got to it, I was like, I gotta do this right now, baby. And I ended up doing it. It was pretty cool. So talking about Atari, it was a recommendation by one of my best friends, Nick. And Nick, you might be listening to this. Um, LR specifically. Sorry, Nicholas, my other best friend. <laughs> I still love you, babe. But uh, Nick was really invested in the idea of trying to figure out what was going on with Atari and uh, cryptocurrency and all that stuff. And we won't hear about that until part two. But I'm really excited to really get into the weird crap that they were doing in the past, say, five, ten years. Because Atari still lives on, even though we hardly see it anymore. And the fact that it exchanged hands for the past, like, four or five companies over the, you know, the many decades since 1983, a lot of stuff, like, happened with it. It's stuff that you wouldn't expect. Uh, you know, they tried making their own systems, but that didn't work out and all that. But just the ideas they came with. Not quite as innovative as uh, Nintendo, though. I, I don't want to give them too much credit for anything like that. But I really had a good time, like, getting into, like, the origin story of Atari itself, because not many people, unless you're, like, heavily into the game history biz, know who Nolan Bushnell is. People definitely don't know who Ted Dabney is, and that's a right shame, because looking at all this stuff, those two worked so well together in the very beginning. They were buds. And then you add Al Alcorn to the mix, the guy who made Punk, and it seemed like it was just, like... The Unstoppable Trio, trying to work together in some sunny side spot in California, build their arcades and just be happy and try to make a business. But then it's a weird battering between each other that just I couldn't find. Uh, like Ted Dabney in his interview, that's like an hour long. Great. Like I said in the show, please listen to that if you ever get the chance. He reminisces about the good old days where it seemed like Nolan only cared about money. He only cared about business. He was a nerd, definitely a nerd. In fact, uh, there was a section where he went on a TV show, I think right before he got fired from Atari, or sorry, quit, depending on who you ask, where it's kind of like the Today Show, where he sits down and uh, it's clear that even though he's a millionaire at that point and super successful with Atari, uh, is a huge nerd and is so adorable how nervous he is. Uh, but at the same time, Ted Dabney, he loved to tinker. And he loved to mess with the, like, the little bits and bobs of the circuitry and stuff about the games. And unfortunately, he was the guy that worked behind the scenes. And since Nolan was always the front man when it came to like dealings and all that stuff, he always got the credit. And since a lot of stuff with Atari got smoothed over into like the archives of history, Ted Dabney just never gets any love. Al Alcorn, I, I'm pretty sure there was even less being written about him. Although, <laughs> apparently Al Alcorn uh, was constantly considering himself the founding member, or one of the three founding members, even though he got hired, like, I th think, like, six months later. I mean, if you're the third member of a crew of a game, uh, like, 
the guy that made the game that put Atari on the map, I'd like to think that you're a founding member, but I don't want to really try to uh, bump shoulders against Ted Dabney because he's passed away, unfortunately. So I'm I'm just, you know, agree to disagree on that one, you know? And uh, I did mention it a little bit earlier with the whole uh, AI thing. I w- have been talking with uh, a couple of people over at uh, Final Plank Media who are uh, a, a group of people, longtime friends with each other and all that stuff, that have been making a bunch of banger podcasts. The one that I'm very familiar with would be Good Better Quest, which is a D&D podcast that I very much love, and I would really highly recommend it. Good Better Quest. But I decided that I really needed to find a place I can just do on my own thing, preferably mostly by myself. That way I'm completely independent. I can just, you know, I don't have to worry about answering questions uh, that, you know, have to... I basically wanted to do my own thing, but have my corner of a shop to feel like a part of a team. And I got to do that. Uh, I got to meet uh, Brent and Nolan Lacey. And, uh, of course, I I have already talked with uh, David, also known as Stag, all members of this uh, Final Plank. And they seemed pretty hyped at the idea that I was mostly independent but still want to be a part of the crew and i thought if i could do that and you know use that as a a stepping stone where i have my own thing but then we can start to mingle in future stuff i thought that'd be pretty cool now i'm a little bit nervous because i have no idea what all this is going to mean in the long run because it's like nothing's happened out of it besides the fact that we kind of like virtually shook hands and said yeah we're not gonna (laughs) <laughs> one of them was like yeah we decided that we probably shouldn't kill you and i'm like oh i mean yep checks out yeah i i, I also agree with that assessment great like that's the second interview folks uh <laughs> i'm trying to be a part of a podcasting group and uh my boy is trying to play like a super friendly hitman oh man but yeah i uh i always wanted to be a part of a podcast group and uh I tried doing it with another group called uh, Play Some Video Games a while ago, and it just didn't work out. It, and to my credit, it was a lot of me for the most part. I kept wanting to shine in my own way. But at the same time, I also tried to, I was basically being uh, the Nolan Bushnell to the company Warner and uh, trying to call my own shots while still being in my tiny spot at the bottom of the company. Uh, I obviously ticked off some people and it didn't work out that well. And I'm not proud of it. Uh, but at the same time, I fixed that by making the show run only by me. So that works. And also helps I can script almost everything I say, except, you know, right here. So I know exactly what I'm going to say, when I'm going to say it, and how I'm going to say it. And it comes out recorded all, you know, nice and pretty and stuff. And I don't have to worry about uh, doing anything that steps on people's toes and stuff. And one of the biggest things I always worried about was, am I going to offend somebody? Because, you know, well, I I hope not. But unfortunately, that's the thing I got to worry about. So doing the whole scripted thing just makes everything just so easy. Mm. So getting back to Atari, I actually never owned a Atari system ever. In fact, when I first started Atari, I was like, oh, yeah, Atari. Uh, they did, uh, they did Pac-Man, right? And, and, uh, Space Invaders. And, uh, that was a big whoopsie. Uh, I was not, like, uh, completely aware, like, how, uh, intermingled my memories of historic games are tied to 
you know, between Atari and Midway and Namco and all that stuff. And when I realized, like, oh, no, Pac-Man is definitely not Atari. Now, th- there's a connection there. And then I dug deep and then I found a story. And it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Pac-Man was on the Atari and it was a crap show. Whoops. And then, you know, looking at something like Space Invaders. Oh, yeah, it was a huge hit on the 2600 after it was licensed by Taito. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so as I was digging more and more, I'm like, man, where's all the games that I like that was Atari? And I'm looking around like John Travolta and that meme just arms around like, where's all the games for Atari that I like? And the answer is, well, I I don't think there's that many actual like Atari made games I enjoyed. Uh, most of the ones that I saw and got to enjoy were always, you know, either third party or licensed and still te- technically made by Atari, but they weren't original, if you know, if that makes sense. Because Atari did make Space Invaders on the 2600, it's just, it was a game that they already knew existed, and therefore licensed. It's just, Atari is so tied to being a copycat, just constantly stealing or buying other people's rights to ideas so they can call it their own for the sake of money. It just stank. I wish they had, like, a couple of original hits that were very notable. And I'm sure there are, just, you know, being a guy that was born in the super early 90s, I don't know any of them because they just didn't survive the test of time. Or the fact that the licensing between Atari is so bizarre at this point that you really can't find an easy way to get them without, you know, resorting to piracy or emulators of that core or sort. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a, a version of a t- uh, adventure out there that I can play that I might enjoy. I don't think I will. I certainly don't think I will. Or that Superman game, or I guess Pong. Ooh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, the my closest connection to an Atari on a personal level was I had an Atari 2600 in my closet that was given to my mom from her brother, my uncle. Apparently, it was an old Atari 2600 that he loved to play, but one day it just simply broke. And there was a couple of times where, you know, me with, uh, who had a Super Nintendo at the time was like, oh boy, I'll just tinker in and I'll get it to work. Nope. Never worked. Never turned on. Never got life to it. I've never been able to turn on an Atari game and just give it a shot. I did get the, or I got to play with the paddles a little bit, but I mean, I'm not like the kid that's like five years old and it's like, mom says I can play too. And so, you know, big brother hands me the unplugged controller and just lets me pretend I, you know, am playing the game. I do know that there's uh, things out there called the Atari Flashbacks where you can, it's basically like a similar looking console, like a Super Nintendo Classic kind of thing where you just plug it in with HDMI, preferably or hopefully, and you get to play like pre-selected games. I could also technically just, you know, grab an emulator, which is probably what I should do because I don't want to spend any more on, you know, Atari that I have to. Uh, But yeah, it's been fun. I've been working on this for about a month and a half to two months now. I have the whole report ready to go. I'm I'm excited to do part two. And after that, I got my uh, third topic already set up. It's like 90% uh, squared away right now. And that one's going to be super exciting too. But Atari has been a show. Like, holy smokes, a show. Just trying to understand how the grandfather of video games to an extent you know of modern day console video games it was the harbinger and they screwed up every step of the way 
and you know hindsight's twenty twenty, I suppose, but it just seems like there's a couple of moments where it just felt like this isn't a risk. This is just completely defying common sense. And, you know, little things I can agree here and there that, you know, maybe early capitalism uh, companies are just going to say, like, pay your freaking uh, programmers more and let them be on the credits. That drove me up the wall when I, you know, figured that one out. And I understand that most game companies at the time uh, were just super egregious about making sure you you, you were not in the credits or the, the fact there wasn't a credits in the first place in most of them. But it's like, let them have their rights. Now they worked on something, Blood, Sweat, and Tear, that you paid them, you know, pennies for, and they came and say that they took pride in that because you'll just deny it. It just drove me wild just thinking about that. Like, why? Sorry, I'm going to hit this monster can again. This monster's slapping. I always go for Bang Energy Drink, but Bang has like twice as much caffeine. I was like, I want to wake up. I don't want to be able to, you know, stick to the ceiling and sing ukulele songs with uh, Mongolian throat singing. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I wish I had more stories about Atari to share with you. Uh, honestly, like I, I've told you the first time I've played Game Boy games and all that stuff. And that was my first time, you know, actually being able to play video games at its core. Like the earliest and oldest uh, system I probably played was the original Nintendo. I don't think I got gotten any older than that. I'm not sure if the original Game Boy was... No, I think the NES came out first in 1985, I think. And then uh, 1988 or something like that for the original Game Boy. So NES is probably the oldest system I've ever played. <laughs> oh, man, I'm such a... It's cool because that it's the first time where I can say, Oh, yeah, I'm such a baby in the video game world, you poor precious thing. And looking around at this whole, just trying to do the project thing, I got really freaked out when I first thought that this was going to take four episodes to do, because as I, I kind of mentioned it in the show, I was like, oh no, if I make this dedicated to one third of this whole season, all about Atari, it, that's going to be maybe not boring. It just seems a little dominant, you know, I really want to go in depth. But at the same time, I don't want to, you know, just fill this whole time slot with Atari corruption greed. Yeah. You know, I want to pack it in with a few more Game Boy Colors, if you know what I mean. But I've been having a real blast with it. Uh, and I also have to be careful to pace myself with editing and stuff. Because besides real life and all that stuff, I uh, accidentally, totally not accidentally, started getting into Destiny 2 again. And it's been weirdly satisfying shooting stuff, even by myself and all that. I've been playing a lot with my uh, best friend Brandon and uh, my friend Connor. And it's been entertaining. And it, it also takes a lot of time out of my hands. But at the same time, I've always been the kind of person that I pick up a game, and if it has legs, and I just enjoy it just a little bit, like there's a little taste of uh, grinding to it, I'll just go into it full hog. 200 hours. Yeah, just crazy. The game uh, New World is an MMO that came out from Amazon, and some of you might have heard of it, some of you might have not. Uh, That is a game I'm embarrassed, like wholesale embarrassed, that I spent 200 hours playing. And it was a great MMO from like the very start, but after like maybe 10 hours into it, I should have realized that this is the moment to you know, pick up my hitches and run. But I kept playing because there was so much grinding. 
it was simplified and very boring grinding. It basically, you know, I spent like 20 hours chopping trees and loving every minute of it, even though it meant that I didn't leave the main city for, you know, beyond 50 feet. But it was something I loved, and therefore I just could do it forever. At the same time, though, the game didn't have much legs at the time, and their response to fixing a lot of the problems was to nerf everything on the player side, which just meant it was going to take longer to get to the end game content, and that's no fun either. And of course, you know, other MMOs I used to play, wow, RuneScape, oh yeah, RuneScape, oof, oh yeah. Oh, I put so much hours in RuneScape. I was so proud of my max skill uh, RuneScape cape. I uh, was so proud that uh, I bought myself a max skill RuneScape cape that was made in real life, but then I ended up giving it to my uh, father-in-law. No, screw it. He was my father, just on my wife's side. And I gave it to him because he also played RuneScape, and he eventually got his own max skill cape, and I was so proud of him. He deserved that. I was just some guy that probably spent like a few hundred dollars to get those last few skills, but I know that guy earned it, and I I really loved him, and, well, I love him, he's still, well, please be alive, I love him, and I think he deserved having that kind of recognition. Next up, though, is to get him like a blue party hat or something. But yeah, I'm hoping to uh, get this out the door, hopefully, uh... I'm looking at uh, July 6th as my release for the second episode in this one. Not to time it too much, and I'm hoping... I'm trying to do every two weeks on Wednesday, depending on whether or not my son is volatile, or if uh, you know something wants to blow up in my face, I'm going to try to do every two weeks, which gives me plenty of time to record. You know, one or two days to record, and then two days to edit it. And then it'll be good. Hopefully. Turns out, I'm a busy family man and also a homeowner, and that makes it a lot more harder than it used to be. Like, these old bones can't edit like they used to before. I could just wipe the butt and trim the audio and just send it on in, but now I gotta actually do work, oh no. But that is the price of doing everything solo, and I am a bit of a control freak when it comes to my audio stuff. I uh, freaked out a little bit with the second episode because I started hearing some of that clicking sound. And you'll hear it too, probably. I'm not too happy about it. But at the same time, I realized if I got angry at every single thing, I would have had to record the whole dang thing. I hope this recording doesn't have that. I, I'm pretty sure it just meant I needed the restart voice meter or something like that, but I didn't know until I had you know three parts or almost an hour just ready to go. And so I'm hoping all the editing and stuff will uh, put it to the side and people can, you know, ignore that and just appreciate for what it is, all the good stuff, you know. Not a proud thing I did, but you know what? Screw it. That's my mistake this episode. Double checking and making sure that my audio is not, you know, clickety clackety. Anyways, I'm going to wrap this up. I really appreciate you guys listening to this. I wish I had a cool story for you. Let me, uh, here, I'm going to go on Facebook. And I'm going to search like a random uh, this day in history on my page. And I'm going to look for a story. <laughs> Something to tell you. Let's see. Uh, let's see. No, no, no. Oh, God. I was wearing that back in the day. Let's see. About. No. Oh, there's a video of time that, or a video of a time that Brandon and I tried to eat some Calif- Cal- Carolina Reapers and to the uh, in the Hall of the Mountain King. Oh, that's cute. Oh, yeah, we hated that. That was bad. 
Plus, I played that song live, and it timed up perfectly to when the heat started kicking in. Oh, man, I really wanted to make In the Hall of the Mountain King a huge thing for this episode. I don't know why. Maybe it's because uh, In the in the Hall of the Mountain King is so chaotic that I thought putting an 8-bit version of it into this in some shape or form would just help symbolize how wild this stuff went. And I'm really appreciating the fact that that I think it went a lot better than I thought it would. So yeah, I got that. <laughs> I guess that'll be my Facebook post uh, trying to generate content here for all of 45 seconds. I won't beat around the bush anymore, guys. I hope you enjoyed the uh, second episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, please do. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed putting work into it. And I really enjoyed my friends coming up to me and saying, hey, I really liked it. Here's wrong, or here's what's wrong with it. And honestly, like that level of... uh. I was going to say gameplay, but uh, that level of conversation I get to have with my closest people who say, you know, this is great. Here's what's wrong with it. So I know what, you know, how to fix it next time. That is like a class conversation with me. I love that stuff. I know some people are like, oh, I just want compliments and, you know, no constructive criticism. No, give it to me. Give it to me all. Tell me why it's wrong. Tell me why my father was right. All right, guys. I love you very much. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. Toodles!